What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rookie Ball, the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports or if you just want to hear my opinion on them. I, of course, am always your host, Phoenix Igus, and ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be getting into some NFL news that has been going around for the last couple of days. We're also going to get it into the MLB world, as there's been a lot of rule changes this season, and we'll talk about my opinions on them. So let's get it. So there has not been humongous news in the NFL outside of one thing, uh, but there has not been a large quantity of news to go around in the NFL, but there has been a few things, so we'll talk about them. Let's talk about the smaller things first. Uh, There has been reports that Joe Mixon's house is surrounded by Sheriff's Department uh, in Hamilton County in Cincinnati, Ohio, which if you don't know, that's where I was born. It's not where I live now. That's where I was born, so... Uh, It is the reason that I'm a fan of the Bengals, but I'm not a fan of Joe Mixon. Uh, It is reported that he followed some 16-year-olds and reportedly shot a gun at them. Uh, He's really on some John Morant energy, and I don't mean that as a joke. Uh, You can laugh at it if you want to, Uh, but it, it, it generally seems to be a trend with some athletes as of late, and... Uh, I've already voiced my opinions that I, before any of this crime stuff, that I was down for Joe Mixon being cut by the Bengals, and now I am very solidified on that. Uh, This is multiple uh, things now or reports that Joe Mixon has done something criminally, and I'm just not for that. Uh, I don't want to see the 2015-2016 Bengals again with Vontez Perfect and Adam Jones, uh, and sometimes literal murders uh, on the team. I don't want to see that, so I am all down for Joe Mixon to face a severe punishment here uh, and most likely not be a part of the Bengals roster in the foreseeable future. Uh, But that's what's to say with that. I haven't heard any future reports since the Sheriff's Department surrounded his house. Uh, Since then, there has been no news, at least to me, Uh, but there should be stuff coming out throughout the next week, which we'll discuss if it becomes relevant and next week's episode. Uh, but let's talk about the big signing that happened in the NFL. Derek Carr has officially signed with the New Orleans Saints uh, on a five-year, $140 million contract. I believe that was the contract. Uh, I may be wrong about some details, maybe four years, uh, but it's in the four or five-year range, $150 million, and this is going to destroy the quarterback market a little bit. It's going to make some people cheaper uh for sure uh but what does this do what is my opinions for the saints this is a really bad move uh i think the saints are a good team uh i think they have really good building pieces i think alvin kamara is one of the best running backs in the nfl i think chris Olave has a chance to be really good and if michael thomas ever plays uh we know that he can be one of the best receivers in the league along with a pretty stellar defense and Derek Carr is not going to fix their quarterback situation. I believe they definitely upgraded from Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton by getting Derek Carr. Absolutely, without a doubt, that is a better quarterback. But does this make them a Super Bowl contender? No. It does put them in serious contention for their division, though. And if that's kind of their goal is they want to make the playoffs, then they're absolutely going to do that, I think. Uh, With Tom Brady officially retiring, and then you have the 
Panthers and the Falcons as your other team in the dis- division. It's one of the weakest divisions in football. It was this past season, too, even with Tom Brady in it. Um, And so this will definitely put them, at least in my opinion, as the top contender to win the NFC South this year. Where it becomes a big problem for me. One, it doesn't make them a Super Bowl contender. Two, their cap was already ridiculous to begin with, uh, with all of the people that are building up contracts for them, whether it's you know, Tyron Matthew, whether it's Jarvis Landry, Cam Jordan, uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, even, even though he's good, he's putting up a lot of money for this team. Uh, and now you go out and sign a quarterback to a pretty girthy deal, uh, in terms of Derek Carr. And, and is he deserving of it? I think Derek Carr is a little below that range, but I think it's close enough. I think it's not the worst. Uh, number you could have given Derek Carr, and it's probably what you would have had to pay for him. Uh, but I, I think this is a bad move for the Saints. Uh, you give some, you give your fans some hope. You make the playoffs, and you know what? At the end of the day, things can happen. Uh, the playoffs are completely radical. The playoffs are completely random, uh, as we've seen teams that are definitely not the best teams make it uh, to the Super Bowl in a season. But without that being said, if you're just looking at this from a regular standpoint, saying it's not guaranteed they're going to win the Super Bowl, I I don't like this move uh, for now or the foreseeable future. What it means for other teams, it doesn't really affect many other teams besides the NFC South teams, who know that the Saints are probably the top dog to catch. But it does affect teams that are in the quarterback market. And there's not many, but the Jets are one of them. And so now they've missed out on Derek Carr, who is probably, outside of Aaron Rodgers, their top target. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo does not look like he's getting moved. And if he is getting moved, it's not to the Jets. Uh, And so now you are left with just Aaron Rodgers. And it is not even guaranteed that he will become a free agent or, or possible to be traded at all. Uh, he could go back to Green Bay, and we wouldn't be surprised in any way. With that being said, the Jets absolutely, definitely need to make a move for a quarterback uh, because you can't go into next season with Mike White or Zach Wilson, whether you think either of them are good or has potential. Uh, you're a team that is now competing. You are officially competing. You had a good season, and your team is young. You don't have anybody drastically leaving you are now in contention for the playoffs, and the Jets need that because they have not been in the playoffs for a while or not had much success either. So now your big hole, your main hole, really your only hole in the team, is quarterback. And you need to make a change because you have a player like Aaron Rodgers, you had a chance with a player like Derek Carr, and it doesn't even matter if you're going to look at one of the lower-end-ish guys whether it is Jameis Winston, whether it is Andy Dalton. Let's not forget that Andy Dalton, even though it was a bad division, put his team at a chance uh, in the Saints last season to possibly clinch a playoff berth. And let's not forget, Jameis Winston led some teams to the playoffs at times. Uh, So, I mean, there are players out there that are going to be available that are better than what you have available right now on the roster. So, For the Jets' sake, I say you got to make a move, whether it is Rodgers or someone like Dalton or Jameis. I think any of those options are better than any of the three you have presented to yourself as of right now.
But that's all I have to say on that. I think it's a bad move for everyone. It's bad news for the Jets. It's a bad move for the Saints. Everyone else is rejoicing as the Saints have taken the cap hit of the year. Um, and, and that's really all there is to be said about it. Franchise tags are starting to come out. We're seeing the players that are getting franchise tagged are not getting franchise tagged. The Chiefs have officially not franchise tagged Orlando Brown Jr. And also let Frank Clark go. We saw Tony Pollard get franchise tagged. We saw Evan Ingram get franchise tagged. Uh, and Geno Smith also signed an extension with the Seahawks. So it looks like they are set on him being the quarterback of the future. They still may draft one, but it seems like they are set on Geno being the starter for next season as, you know, they made the playoffs. So I don't I don't disagree with that move in any way. So we shall see uh, as more moves continue. It has been made very clear that Jesse Bates will not be signing a franchise tag with the Bengals, along with, it seems like Lamar Jackson is going to be signing an ext uh, or sorry, franchise tag with the Ravens, which is not good news for them because that most likely means that he will be on the move in the next following months. Uh, and if that is true, then you have another quarterback in the market, New York. So go ahead for him. But let's go into my second segment of the day. Let's talk about the MLB as they have been experimenting so far in their spring training. The new rules put in place with the main one being the new pitch clock that they have put in that allows the game to just speed up a little bit quicker. And we have seen it drastically change the game of baseball, whether for dramatic reasoning or just timing reasoning. We have seen the average game from the last three seasons go from about three and a half to four hours now down to two and a half to possibly three being the highest as the average across all the spring gaining spring training games so far that is a drastic change just that rule in itself there are some rules that have not been the most successful we have seen that the shift uh being uh destroyed or terminated from the league has allowed the teams to get a little creative with bringing outfielders in to contribute to the shift and etc 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 uh the shift is going to be a challenge and you're gonna have to implement insane rules to really make it the way that you want it to be because teams are gonna do it at the end of the day as much as every fan hates it it is analytically correct to do the shift it works uh if you have a left pulley hitting hitter uh, you should put more people on the right side. So there are some rules that aren't going to work out, but the pitch clock has absolutely worked out. The larger bases so far have seemed like a slight increase in stolen base, uh, but not the most insane. I think we'll see that change really take effect if it does more in the regular season when stealing bases becomes a more prominent part of the game, especially in the playoffs. I will be very intrigued to see how it works in the playoffs as stolen bases are a big part of playoff baseball. But the main rule that I am very intrigued to see is the AAA is experimenting with uh, uh, robot umpires this season. And I have been implementing for this for many, many, many years. As soon as the idea came up that there is the chance of robot umpires, I have said we should absolutely do that. And everyone should be on that immediately. And I get it. 
refs and umpires put the emotional parts of the game in but if i'm really looking at it especially for the mlb's sake to just have that instant call and it's right and you literally cannot argue it because it is seeing it in real time with the batter's box i am very intrigued to see what the triple a teams think of it and how it should work out i am going to be following that as much as possible and once we get more of a reading on it once the triple a season has really taken effect uh we'll get into it more because it is a very intriguing possibility that the humans uh umpire and refs their jobs could be completely taken by just a more accurate and correct way to play the game of baseball it is very different for other games such as you know the nfl where if you're going to call a penalty as, as a robot, you probably have to see like a replay to conclude it. It's very different with the NFL and it would slow down the game immensely, even though you do have to find a fix for some referee calls in, in the past. Uh, but this with baseball, it does need to be changed. And I think it should be a very uh, successful experiment unless there's some tinkering with it. Because as I talked about, it is hard with the NFL, but there is some clear, you know, bias or, or, or some type of swindling or possibly even script. Uh, but I'm very cautious of saying that because I just don't believe it. Um, but I know that is the hot word. Uh, you know, if you have the human refs, that allows that to be a little more frequent. As soon as you introduce robot umpires or robot refs, uh, whether you do some mechanical tinkering it with yourself as the league, uh, they're going to make the right call. And if there is any, you know, bribery or bias going on within games, uh, that's going to completely take that away. And I get it. They're billion dollar corporations, billion dollar companies, billion dollar leagues. Uh, but they still want more money. And that is the unfortunate truth of all of this. And I hope everyone can understand that when choices are made that may just seem completely wrong. Uh, but that's how it is. And listen, I'm not one to say I'm just some college kid that watches the games. But that seems like the very clear consensus of everything. Uh, but we'll have to see. With AAA, I, I believe it just doesn't matter as much because it's not on that professional level and it just doesn't make as much money. So I'll be very curious to see if it really works uh, and what the professional leagues decide to do with that information. But with that being said, that is all the time we're going to have for today's episode. As I said, without these, without the NFL season really being in full effect or the draft or full free agency moves, these are going to be slightly shorter episodes, and that's why they're only coming out weekly. But I do hope you guys enjoy, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you guys next Tuesday, and I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here.